You are now listening to the Hack My Age podcast, the show that brings you guests for biohacking women over 50. I'm your host, Zora Benamou, a gerontologist, digital nomad, certified sports nutrition, and breathing coach. I'm the author of the Longevity Master Plan, the cookbook, Eating for Longevity, and a new upcoming energy reboot program for women over 50. Now, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast, and I would really appreciate it if you could please leave a review on Apple Podcasts to help others find us too. This is a really small but very critical gesture that makes a huge impact for me to support a podcast for older women, help us grow stronger, get our voice out there, and attract even more amazing guests to the show for you and for me. We have another sexy podcast today talking about all things related to love, sexual healing, and relationships with my new friend, Anna Linfors. We met through the biohacking community and finally got to meet in person at the Biohacker Summit in Amsterdam last year, where she gave the most powerful talk on female sexuality, and I absolutely loved it. Now, Anna is young. She's still in her 20s. And some of the older women in my community question whether that will resonate with her or not. And I can tell you, I'm 52, and I love what she has to say, which is why I invited her here to share what she knows. And as a gerontologist, we disrupt ageist stereotypes, and we can learn a lot from any person at any age. And we know that wisdom does not come with age. It comes with experience, and Anna has had experiences that count for a lifetime, and I'm sure you're going to hear it in her voice. And to give you a little background on Anna, she is a sexologist, psychologist, and specialist in sexological therapy for preventive healthcare using something she calls bioharmonization and, of course, biohacking. Anna had her own health challenges, uh, which she's going to share with us today, but she biohacked herself into remission and reconnected with her sensuality that empowered all aspects of her life. She also co-authored the book, The Resilient Being, where she writes about building resilience through processing trauma, learning how to build secure relationships and connect with sexual energy, all of which we're going to learn about right now. And just keep in mind, this podcast interview is not therapy. And if listeners want individual advice, they can book a private consultation with Anna. Can find her on Instagram at Heal with Anna or her website, Anna Lindfors. And I'm going to have links to all of these details in the show notes. So now, without further ado, meet Anna Lindfors. Welcome. Wow. Thanks for such a lovely intro. And thanks for having me. I'm, I'm really looking forward to our discussion on, you know, biohacking sexual blocks and, and love life. Yeah, you had a really great, great talk. I, I, and I just love everything that you, you do and you share. And Let's start, though, with your own health journey, which you said that you found out you had endometriosis in your 20s. So tell us what happened and how it led you to what you're doing right now. Yeah, I mean, I I lived with chronic pain for years before I was diagnosed, which is the case for many women. You go to the doctor's office, you get prescribed pain medication and sick leave for two days. And um, that's that. Yeah, I was 20 when I was diagnosed. And at that time, I don't think I realized the impact it had on me. The doctor just told me, I mean, I had been hospitalized because of pain. Um, so in a sense, the diagnosis was a relief, but they just told me that I need to be on synthetic hormones 
basically for the rest of my life. And if I want to have children, I need to have them as soon as possible. But the deadline is when I, by the age of 30. And I left the doctor's office. Said, okay, this is my life now. This is not going to impact me. I'm just going to be on these hormones and I'm going to live a good life. In many ways, I did. But just living through your 20s with chronic pain, being a student, you know, I remember there were times when uh, the pain was so bad that I would vomit in the morning, pass out, get up and go to class. So that's, that was the reality uh, of my life. Just, just having gone through so many different hormonal treatments, because none of them really worked for me, they, they shifted me from this youthful exploration and enjoying my sexuality into problem fixing mode, because all of a sudden you're just tracking the, the spread of the disease and, you know, the implications and the pain. And, and little by little, you just realize that, wow, I am becoming a shadow of myself. And then throughout um, other health challenges, I just, I just had enough. You know, we all have that point in life, maybe not necessarily lying in a hospital bed, but for me, that, that was the moment in life. And, and I decided that I, I did not want to live my life that way. We're going to take control of my health. And that's when I started biohacking, um, biohacking endo into remission, you know, learning about my methylation and detox and, and optimizing my hormones, biohacking endo into remission. And, and actually, I just recently got my scan and I've reversed um, endo tissue. I saw that on your Instagram. Congratulations. Thank you. Um, but a big part of that for me was embracing my womanhood. And starting to celebrate kind of the cyclical nature of, of being a woman. And after years of hormonal treatment, just going natural and learning about my cycle again. Right? It, just, it was so exciting. It was just, it became a celebration. And too often we talked about, we talk about periods as, oh, period pains or, oh, hormones. Like, oh, it's so difficult. But in reality, when we connect with that, that becomes our power. Uh, and I feel like we can also change the narrative around menopause uh, with this. Absolutely. And research has shown that to be correct, because the women around the world who have positive attitudes towards menopause, they, they experience some similar symptoms, but it's not a problem. It's not shameful. It's actually embraced. And so you can change the narrative. We just live in a society that spreads fear around it as well. So uh, we can change that narrative. And hopefully I'm doing that, you're doing that, and and we can have a much better experience of menopause. So I appreciate you helping out with that. So tell me then, you mentioned um, embracing your sexuality. And mm -hmm. so, and you also mentioned biohacking. So actually first, maybe explain what biohacking means to you, because some listeners may not even know what that is. And then how did you discover that whole world of biohacking? Ooh, I, I love this question because biohacking is kind of this umbrella term that individuals use to identify themselves um, by the tools that they use to improve health. Um, I have a very feminine approach to biohacking or bioharmonization. And what it really means is that I tune in with my body. I learn about my body. I do some tests, for example, I test hormones, I test my blood glucose, I subjectively reflect on what's going on in my body. And based on that, I do things that help me improve recovery, well-being, productivity, 
um, and various factors in, in life. And a big part of that is cycle-based living. Cycle-based living. So in the biohacking world, especially to me, it seems in Europe as opposed to the U.S., there is a, um, when the women get involved, there's much more of a grounded approach or looking in, inside approach. There's, it's not all about gadgets and data. We, we really look at, like you said, the cycles in nature, in our bodies, and we use that to our advantage. I mean, a lot of people don't realize that grounding or earthing is a biohack. <laughs> right? Breathing and breath work is a biohack. Meditation is a biohack. This is, has nothing to do with gadgets. Of course, there are apps and things that can help you along, but, but that's where I think the feminine comes uh, in the biohacking world. And, and you're actually doing that. You're up there on stage and you're, you're sharing all of this to, to a whole audience of people. So thank you for doing that. And you also, what I really liked at the Biohacker Summit was um, this talk on sexuality. And you and Amy B. B. Killen were, were there too. Um, and I was like, yay, these are my people. And bringing in that femininity and that discussion and this course on sexual health, sexual well-being, and um, your sexual healing. So why don't you talk a little bit about what sexual healing is and how that was key to your recovery? When we talk about sexual healing, first, we need to kind of look beyond that and, and understand what sex is and what sexuality is. Because right now we live in a world where very few people get adic adequate sex education. So there's a lot of shame. There's a lot of disconnection when it comes to our sexuality. Often we associate sex being part of our sexuality or sex defines what sexuality is to us. But in reality, sexuality is our primal force. It's where healthy anger comes from. It's where healthy self-confidence comes from, where boundaries come from. It's a big part of our identity. You know, it's, it's difficult to perform well in work meetings when you're having sexual dysfunction or when you're not orgasming or when you don't feel connected to your partner. It's, it's very difficult to feel healthier or be happy when, you know, when you're having a conflict with your partner. And it doesn't matter whether you take 15 or 75 supplements if you're, if you're feeling lonely, if you're not happy in your relationship. So that's how deep it goes, just being the core aspect of ourselves. And then for everyone, for women and, and men, because we live in this disconnected culture, we have so much shame around our sexuality, around our pleasure, around our bodies, around connecting with others. And when we have that, we cannot fully be present. For example, women going through menopause, there are a lot of bodily changes that occur and that can directly impact your sex life because then you're so much in your head and maybe scared of feeling pain during sex or feeling insecure about your body because it's, it's changing. So all of this is very linked, but the key to sexual healing is really, and, and it sounds so simple, but it's so powerful. The key to sexual healing is to pause. And especially when going through menopause, you're going through such a massive shift in your body, all, those, all of those hormonal changes. So then what you need to do is to pause and tune into your body and learn to connect with it. Uh, there are some practical tips that women can do if, if you want me to share um, that are very simple. 
Yeah, actually, yeah, we'll drive, we'll jump right into the tips. But it, it, it's called, it's interesting, you said pause, and, and we call it menopause. <laughs> and so it's a time to actually, yeah, stop. And, and I, and I just launched a, uh, the menopause energy reboot program. And one of the first hacks that I have is, is a pause is to, is to ask yourself, what do I want? And who am I? And what do I really, really want? Because so many women, by the time you get to menopause, they've been working their careers or building their family. Everything is for everyone else that you don't really know what you want anymore. And taking that pause, and it is a moment, like if your kids are out of, you know, out of the home and now you finally have a pause, you have a moment to journal, to look at yourself, to ask questions to yourself. And, and I think it, what you say pause is actually very, very uh, resonates a lot with what I just explained in, in this program. So I'm really excited to hear how your hacks and, and how you can help women going through menopause go through that journey. What are your hacks? Well, I mean, if we start with kind of connecting with your centrality, some of the simple, simple ways are by sensual dance. And I love how this has become this kind of small phenomenon. Uh, but originally, I created a central dance flow playlist just for myself to help help me tune tune into my body and you know move my body in the morning. I would play a song, close my eyes, um, being naked, and just just go with the flow. Just 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 to feel, let go of any thoughts. And I just decided to share it on on Instagram, and then you know multiple people. I think it's like thousands of people now globally tune into that song and they tune into their body um, every morning. So simple as that, I can send you a link to the playlist, but you you just take three minutes of your day to connect with your body alone in your safe space, close your eyes, doesn't matter what you look like, it doesn't matter, you know, which parts of your body shake or whether you dance or jump or, you know, shake your hip. What really matters is that you just let go of thinking you tune into the music and and you connect with yourself. I'm a dancer, so I can totally resonate with that. That is one of my favorite things to do is is to go to a dance. You I go to a dance class, but yeah, why not just turn on the music at home and you feel it and you do. But I do when you dance, you just you're con- totally connected, and your mind has to. It's, it's it's. I think it's a little similar to say a yoga where you can't really think of anything because you're trying to balance or something like that. So. What a great tip. Okay, music's going on tomorrow morning. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. And I thought, I mean, the next step from that is to dance naked in front of a mirror. And that can be, I just want to just give a little warning that that can actually be triggering to some because we're not that used to nudity or we're not that used to connecting with our bodies. And often, often when we look into the mirror, we see we're very critical about ourselves and we're like oh this is what I want to change and I don't feel so good about this and I look a bit tired today but the whole point of that exercise is to let go of that put on the music and just just watch your body flow it's a very feminine practice it's a very empowering practice that just changes your day it, it tunes you into that sensual flow that powerful feminine energy that then takes you through the day and if this if this feels a bit much, another form that you can do this is just when you're lying in bed, you do a body scan. It takes two minutes. You just start from your head, from your forehead, and you gently touch your skin all the way down 
and just feel your skin. Try to kind of touch, gently stroking or squeezing, but just being present with your body for that moment before you get up, before you get all the work stress, all the calls, you know, uh, kids or relationships, you know, whatever it is that's stressing you, just to take that two minutes uh, to yourself. Those will be the simple hacks that I would start with by connecting with your centrality and then we can expand from there. I have an idea. So if anybody's doesn't, if, it tr- if the mirror is triggering, what do you think about someone dancing um, and sort of the reflection in the window or maybe there's a shadow or something where they can still kind of connect, but slowly ease into the actual mirror? That's actually a great tip. We'll, we'll, we'll add that to the list. That's one step kind of moving towards embracing your body. I think that's amazing. Um, as long have... as the, win- the as long as the window is safe, so that there isn't you know someone <laughs> <Yeah>. watching. <laughs> <behind> you. <laughs> yeah. You're right. You're right. I'm just so yeah. Of course, yes. You don't want <laughs> people watching you. But then, then also another idea is maybe keeping the lights real dark. Or you're a biohacker, so you probably have red light bulbs, right? Red light therapy. I love. That. I do that when I'm brushing my teeth at night, and, and yeah, it's it's really um, very sensual as well. So, you know, and because the lights are off, and you just have this red light, it's it's um, maybe easier to connect with the body too if you have that triggering moment. So, great. Oh, good. We have some good ideas. Good ideas. Thank you so much. I think this is everybody just reconnecting with the body in that sense that touching it, touching it in places that you probably never touched or you rarely do touch. I think is a is a is a great idea, and and feeling from the inside is is absolute key. So that's this episode is sponsored by Oxford Healthspan, the creators of my favorite supplement, Primadine. I admit it, I am a total supplement junkie, but if I had to choose only one, it would be this one, and it's because Primadine is spermidine. And this is shown to activate autophagy, which is super important. Now, this is a cellular cleanup and recycling process that declines as we age. So as we get older, our cells accumulate a lot of junk and waste, which isn't good for our cells, our health, nor our longevity. So we need to clean it up. And if you want the research on this, go to OxfordHealthSpan.com and you can see all of it, showing how spermidine supports our brain, our hormones, and our heart health. And another great side effect is stronger hair, skin, and nails, but also longer eyelashes. But, you know, the real important reason why I love Primadine is because I have never ever received as much feedback on a product I recommended as I have with Primadine. Literally every week, someone reaches out to me on Facebook or Instagram with an amazing testimonial. And most of the time, it's about improved sleep. And even some of you told me it's reversed a bit of your gray hair too. So I find that totally amazing. So I can honestly say with 100% certainty that Primadine is the best spermidine supplement you'll ever find. And you can try it with a 15% discount by using the code Zora, Z-O-R-A, on OxfordHealthSpan.com. Just be sure to get back to me with your results too. Now enjoy the show. That's part of the sexual healing, right? Is that what we're talking about? That's, that's part of sexual healing is, you know, connecting with your body, 
But then, you know, the big kind of elephant in the room that nobody wants to talk about is then healing sexual trauma and reflecting on your relationship with your sexuality. And that comes, that's why I like to start with the bodily exercise to, to connect women with their bodies, because then that gives you the base of, you know, regulated nervous systems, base of calmness that then you can tune into the challenges that you're experiencing. Um, and when I talk about sexual trauma, it can sound triggering or we associate sexual trauma with violence. But in reality, because we live in a very disconnected culture, we all have some form of sexual trauma or we have some form of insecurities, shame. For women, it's often often around appearance or being good enough. Uh, for men, it has a lot to do with performance and being masculine enough because the reality is that sex is never, is, has never been only about sex. It's never been about the physical activity. Sex is where our primary need, you know, being loved, being accepted, being cared for, being seen, need our primary fears of being rejected, abandoned, and not good enough. And then when we have these insecurities, for example, a lot of women feel very insecure about their stomach or their belly area, especially after giving birth or you know, after menopause, when your hormones change and then you start uh, to build more more fat around that area. So then when you have that insecurity, you cannot fully connect with your partner. You cannot fully be present because at the back of your mind is thinking like, oh, what do they think of my belly or how does it look or what's, what's happening there? And that takes you, you know, that takes you away from that authentic connection and integration into into shame and and trauma that's why i say that uh, that sexual healing is key to pleasure but it's not easy and it it takes time for you to i would say be brave enough to pause and reflect on those issues but when you do oh boy it is powerful it is incredibly powerful and it elevates you as a woman because you start acting from that sexual energy, that powerful feminine energy. How would you recommend someone to pause and reflect on something? Well, pausing really means taking time for yourself. So just book a time slot in your calendar, um, depending on how much time you have. You know, five minutes is better than nothing. 30 minutes is amazing. An hour per week is even better. But I do understand that, you know, people have very full full-on schedules and there are a lot of factors um that that play into the role but just schedule a time for yourself um buy a journal this is what i always do with my clients we have a journal for the journey where um doing sessions when we when we discuss different challenges and, and how to overcome them and how to regulate the body um we then expand from there into those questions self-reflection questions um, and in terms of questions, you can look at my Instagram, you can message me if you want some self-help um, or, you know, if you want to work with me in, in more depth, then we can, um, you know, we can, we can see if that's, if that's possible. Yeah, I also recommend to my clients already a long time ago when I started health coaching to, to journal, if they couldn't sleep, it was usually a sleep hack. And because they were stressed, so I would tell them to journal. And it was the it was the one thing that people were most resistant about. It was like, oh, I did that when I was ten. Like, I don't want to 
what do we do? I know everything. It's in my head. And I just explained it's 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 about getting it on paper. And and you have to use a pen and a paper or pencil and paper. <laughs> you can't just, you know, put on your computer or think about it. I really there was something really powerful about that that I I and I and I have to say it is the one thing everyone thanks me for making them do. They're ever resistant. And I I was the same. Like I was not doing journaling. And then finally one day I'm like, oh my God, I think I need to journal. Like I tell everybody to do this. <laughs> and I know how resi- how resistant you can be. And then once you start, you know, you're right. At least when I was writing, it's like, okay, so here I am and tell everybody to do. <laughs> and now I'm right. Like literally that was I was writing. Then just things flow. And then I'm there like an hour later, just still writing. I'm like, wow, how did this all come up? But it's it's Something I really recommend people to do if you're having trouble sleeping or if you're trying to manage stress. But now with sexual healing, I absolutely see. I'm glad you mentioned journaling. I just did a podcast with Molly McLaugh, uh, Molly Eastman now on sleep, and we had a big discussion on journaling. So it just keeps popping up. Before it was meditation. Every time meditation, now everybody's talking about journaling. And yeah, get your book, get your paper. And start writing. And and if you like, you said questions. You can get them from you. You can get them from your your. You can get them online. You can really pausing, self reflection, and introspection is key. I think to anyone going through a transition in life, and I want to say just menopausal women, particularly that's my, that's our field here, and this is the people we're listening. It is very key, but it is for for many many transitions. My son is twenty five. He's journaling like there's no tomorrow because he's going through a transition in life. So it's not just um, a menopause thing. So my next question then, did you use these techniques or were there more to your sexual healing in your own recovery? And was it just endometriosis or did other things pop up as you were going through this journey? Ooh, oh, I could go I could go on about this for forever. But um, for me, Everything I did was about reconnecting with myself because then the diagnose and the hormones, they, they disconnected me from myself. And I, I didn't realize it at the time, but then taking these steps, you know, journaling, connecting with my body, embracing my sensuality, uh, elevated everything. But a key part, I would say for me, was tapping into healthy anger. So what I would do is I would go I would go to my cottage in Finland and I would spend a week there every month just immersing in nature, you know, intense journaling, processing, but really going going out into the forest and screaming. And it might sound intense and it is very intense. But for us women, we're so, you know, we're taught to not be too difficult, not be too demanding. Not raise your voice because you don't you don't want to be bossy. You don't want to be that. Um, and then we end up self-abandoning through people pleasing. And to me, and to the woman that I work with, tapping into that healthy anger is is the key in terms of unlocking those blocks with sexuality or in relationships. Because anger is not a negative emotion. We feel that it is. Anger is a protection mechanism, and anger shows us. That now, okay, now my boundaries have been broken. I am not okay with this. But the way you react to anger is key. So instead of bottling it down, where it, you know, it goes somewhere deep down in your body and it gets stored there and then it weighs you down and it weighs you down and then you add to it and you add to it. 
and then eventually you explode. And that's that's not the kind of anger that you want to unleash out into the world. But then when you when you process that and and you befriend your anger, when when something like this happens, you can communicate your boundary. Like, hey, I appreciate that this was not your intention, but this hurt my feelings. How can we move forward from this? That's a healthy form of anger. So that was key for me in terms of learning to set healthy boundaries, communicating my needs and just self-appreciation to the point of not abandoning myself in pleasing others. Yes, that's what I would say was one major factor that a lot of women need to go through. This sounds like pain processing therapy that I've been learning a lot about. And I invited a guest to talk about how she healed herself from my fibromyalgia, chronic fatigue syndrome. And she's the resources she threw at us were unbelievable. I've been reading it. And yeah, it seems as though people pleasing or the way women grow up in society, like you said, be a good girl, be nice, don't make noise. This is having a lot of backlash and we're we're storing these angry emotions or fear, um, disgust, anger, all, all of these negative thoughts. And, and in fact, we can fall into toxic positivity as well, where we're just only positive and we don't look at that because it's not nice. But at the same time, what I've been learning through through this, and it's and tell me if this is what then this is all through the pain processing, the chronic for for people with chronic pain. And the idea is not to sit and wallow in 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 this negativity, but it is to look at it, recognize it, acknowledge it, and respect that you had these feelings or these emotions. And then you move on. And like you said, you process them and then you're liberated. And you feel so much better. And to know that it's okay. Somebody says it's okay to feel like that. It's okay to feel shame or anger, disgust, fear. All of this stuff is okay. And having that someone validate that is is really important. So I hope anybody's listening now is just go in the forest and scream if you have to, right? <laughs> just go and or, sc- or scream into a pillow. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know that it's, the forest is not accessible to everyone. And <laughs> Screaming out on the streets might not be the kind of unleash you want, but screaming into a pillow or just just bodily kind of processing it and letting go of that that feeling. But I really like what you said there that you need to pause and and let that emotion in and to feel it and then and then be able to to let it go. Is this something you learned through the chronic pain that you were feeling? Is it something you read, or is this just something you learned on your own, or was it has nothing to do with? endometriosis or pain at all because i learned it through the pain uh processing therapy and all this stuff i mean i i learned it through the pain but it wasn't just endo uh because i also um so after endo a few years after endo um i i injured my shoulder pretty bad and i had nerve damage so i spent six months in constant pain to the point where i could only sleep 15 minutes at a time and that pain like so yes endo pain was intense but that pain was on a whole different level when you lose your functionality. And bear in mind, this was when I was studying at university. So I had to dict- I had to learn how to dictate my essays because I couldn't type. You know, it, it went to the point um, of of extreme pain. So what I did was I would I would sit in in a dark room for hours just meditating and and imagining just healing. This healing energy into my shoulder 
And then I would obviously do the bodily exercises. But for me, I would see the combination of different dimensions of pain that brought me to that level of, of healing and, and release. But the reality is for many people that we don't change un until we have to. And the moment you're lying on the floor crying, those are not your, those are not your favorite moments, but those are your transformative moments. And what you decide to do in those moments ultimately decides your life because you can choose healing and you can choose to elevate your life. You know, a lot of people with trauma then build this resentment and, and bitterness. And I'm not saying you shouldn't because you've gone through something very traumatic. But all I'm saying is that how we respond to things has such an impact in, on how they impact us, like what we talked about in the beginning. You're right. Absolutely. So I have another question about so women, not every woman going through menopause has low libido and, and certain sexual blockages, which is the title of this podcast, but some do, and it's not uncommon. So in your work with older women, what are you seeing that is creating these problems and how do you help them move past it all? It's always individual, but, but generally speaking, if we, if we look at the kind of life story of, of women, we go from overprotected little girl into sex object and then forgotten mother and then invisible it's very generalized but but if if you look at the life story of a woman so when you live your life always putting everybody else first people pleasing you don't have time for tuning into your body you don't make time for self-pleasure you barely have time for sex or connecting with your partner um, you prioritize other things like work kids whatever it is, because we live in this constant kind of stressful world and you end up losing yourself. And then, and then on top of everything else, you go through these massive hormonal shifts that comes with, you know, with your menstrual cycle, pregnancies, postpartum and menopause. And menopause is a massive shift that happens in women's life. Um, and the way I see it is that because it is a challenge, it creates an incredible opportunity. Like you said, that you know, now you're in a point in your life where you have built a career, you might have built a relationship, or you might be single, but now you have time to tune into your body if you decide to do that. Obviously, you need to address for hormonal challenges. And for that, I would recommend working with a practitioner. So whether it's your, you know, your doctor or health practitioner, even I, you know, I work with my health health practitioner, Justin McGuire. He is incredible. I like just shout out to him. Um, but he's been he's been such an incredible help uh, help with my health journey and me optimizing my hormones. So I guess going back to the point of the challenges that could cause what women experience, you know, low libido. So it's you forgetting yourself and then forgetting your body, which means you know having hormonal challenges that then create dryness and mood swings and. You know, then there are like the night sweats and different symptoms that you can experience. Uh, and then when you experience that, you go into this kind of survival mode. And when you are in survival mode, reproduction is the last thing in your mind or being sexual is the last thing on your mind. Um, so you focus on you focus on survival. But one thing that I think is not talked about enough is the evolutionary perspective into menopause and into sex. Because if, if we if we really go down into that monkey brain of ours, the reason why we have sex 
is to reproduce. And then women, we go, we start puberty, we become fertile, and then our libido changes according to our cycle, which is often not talked about enough. You know, we're not supposed to be horny 24-7, but it shifts and it serves a purpose. So then when you go into menopause, that purpose changes from that kind of reproductive purpose into longevity and health purpose. And that changes the whole narrative and perspective around sex. And that's why I want to highlight that, hey, this is your opportunity to connect with yourself and learn about the person that you are becoming because you are becoming a new version of yourself. You cannot know who you are. You only know it by learning who you're becoming. That's so well said. And menopause is like a rebirth. And I like the way you Mm -hmm. put it because it is an opportunity if we choose to. And it sounds like what you're saying is is we're so stressed out and and we go into this um, sympathetic mode, this fight or flight survival mode because our body's changing. We're getting the hot flashes. We're uncomfortable, vaginal dryness. Like what in the world is going on? Of course, like how can you think about sex when you're just, your whole world is changing? And it, and it makes perfect sense. If you're in a stressful state, reproduction and digestion shut down, right? <laughs> so mm-hmm. it's not the time to make babies and not the time to absorb the nutrients from your food. It's just not a priority because you're just trying to survive. So it's a pity because it's a time of liberation. It's a time, wow, we don't have to worry about getting pregnant anymore. We don't have our periods. We don't have cramps or it's, it should be an amazing, amazing time in our life, but we're so preoccupied by the symptoms. And I think it's possible we are exaggerating them a bit too, in the sense that we're just focusing on that. And then we lose the whole, the big picture. And if we could change the narrative and look at it as this is, this is a positive change instead of I think what women in their fifties, we, we cling on to our youth because we're like, we're not young anymore. You can see the wrinkles, you can see the change in the bodies, you can see different things, but we're not old yet. So we're not quite ready to embrace that side either. And that's what makes it so difficult because you're really in a transition, you're in between the two. I think it's a normal reaction. It's just, when do you want to let go? And I'm not saying let go and you know just not take care of yourself, but let go of fighting, fighting and, and clinging and just be in the moment, be present and enjoy the ride. Because eventually, you know, this is not forever. It's a transition. Transitions don't mean that this is going to be like this for the rest of your life. But it's it's hard not to think because day after day after day, you may waking up with night sweats or, or feeling bad or moody or you're not really sure. And this is where I think knowing, understanding what is happening and knowing your hormones and like you said, your cycle as well. And it's hard to track your cycle when you're going through perimenopause and everything's crazy. But I'm wondering what your thoughts are on hormone therapy in terms of regulating your hormones or vaginal dryness or sexual health in general, libido, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, there, you know, there are definitely lots of studies supporting that, but you know, different forms of hormone therapy, whether it's orally, whether it's injections, whether it's um oh, forgot the term, locally. Um, so for example, for vaginal dryness, you can use estrogen. And also what a lot of women don't know about is what's called the screen cream. When you put a little bit of topical uh, topical testosterone on your clitoris, 
<laughs> incredible. Um, that's just a complete side note to this question. But my point is that I personally like to recommend to listeners to have a personalized approach. So see your doctor, see your health practitioner, test your hormones, and then supplement accordingly. Because it could be that you don't need um, an intense hormonal therapy. It could be that you could use some adaptogens that support your you know, thyroid function, your adrenal function, and then you produce those sex hormones. And then you add some you know, topical creams, whatnot, on top of that. And then some women need more intense treatments. But like with this, like with everything, is that knowing yourself, knowing what your body needs. And also, like what you said, is knowing that you're in a transition. And this will not go on forever. And I also want to highlight that when you're in that transition, it's totally normal and it's okay that you're not horny. You're not horny 24-7. So also embracing that and accepting that, okay, I'm going through this phase right now um, and, and that's okay. Hey, I'm butting in for a quick second. If you enjoy the content brought to you in this podcast, consider supporting Hack My Age by becoming a patron on patreon.com. This is where you can drop a tip or become a member for the price of a coffee. Members get special material, free coaching, and private Zoom calls. Join us by going to patreon.com. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com forward slash hack my age. Thanks for your support. Now let's get back to the podcast. So going back to the question about some of the women that you've worked with before and low libido, I think that's what we were talking about. What, what are your recommendations for these, these women? It, it's difficult to comment on a general level because low libido can come from so many different factors. But looking, just testing your hormones, looking to see if there are hormonal imbalances, um, tracking your cycle, tracking your hormones, tracking your body, and, and understanding that looking at whether you have some nutrient deficiencies, but one of the key factors is stress, cortisol levels, because stress dampens your libido. And then we look at your connection with your partner, your connection with yourself, see if there are, you know, conflicts or, um, you know, often, often relationships go through different phases. You have the first honeymoon phase or the couple of first years that you're enjoying and, you know, you can't be without each other. And then that kind of phase and you have you have different phases so also looking into that that's not always just physiological that um, your hormones are messed up but it could be that actually you haven't taken care of yourself in a while you haven't made time for yourself um, a big factor is self-pleasure because that's an important aspect of your sexuality it's one of the key domains and um, i love talking about self-pleasure because it's such an important part of sexual healing and then when i do Women, women often tell me that Anna, like I, I don't know, because because self pleasure just it feels different than sex with a partner. It's like I, I don't, I don't know how to do that. And then my answer is that it's supposed to feel different because those are two different dimensions of your sexuality. Self pleasure is only for you exploring your body, tapping into, you know, just touching your skin, exploring. Some fantasies, being present, moving, maybe tapping into more of that feminine energy. And then sex with a partner is about integration. It's about connection and surrendering to the flow of sharing this pleasurable experience with another human being. So self-pleasure is key to um, improving libido, especially with women. There's, there's lots of studies on that, that being sexually active then improves your libido and improves their health. 
And then on top of that, just all the basics, grounding, getting your sunlight, sleeping, mental health, those are those all impact your sexual health. Um, that they're not they're not spoken about that much. So then how would you recommend somebody who says, okay, I'm gonna start exploring my body and where should they start? Should they have some kind of an atmosphere at home or they make sure that you know nobody's gonna come knocking on their door or they give themselves an hour, 15 minutes? Like what what do what do you tell your clients and say, okay, how are they gonna how do they do this? Well, we, we start with small steps, for example, central dance and taking that little moment to yourself. But then it comes down to really just scheduling that time, that hour. Um, you can take a bath or you can explore different types of orgasms or, you know, you can explore with a vibrator. You can explore, you know, with a pleasure one and you can, can try different things and just, just tuning into your body, cultivating that pleasure. But that hour can be spent on identifying the blocks you have with sexuality or just describing what sex is to you and what you want sex to be like. Because a lot of women are having sex that doesn't really fulfill them, but rather fits the traditional norm of sex. And we have a very penetration-centric um, you know, understanding of what sex is. And that can sound like a very weird term, you know, penetration-centric or performance-centric. But if we if we look at sex, and now we're talking about hetero heterosexual sex or heteronormative sex, Penetration is a key part of that. And, and that's amazing. Penetration is amazing. It's an incredible way to connect with your partner. But the challenge is that only 18% of women orgasm from penetration. Yeah, it's not like in porn. It's not at all. Yeah. No, it's, it's really. <laughs> that's what we learn like it, right? <laughs> that's where people exactly. are learning how to do sex and nobody learns how to do sex. And ever since I started interviewing people, sex experts, on the podcast, I'm like, wow, I never learned. Like, I have to learn how to do it. It's some, and it's also what's coming out is we are in a male centric world. So, of course, sex is male centric, penetration and performance. Like you said, these are male things. These are what men are talking about. Porn is made by men. And so, so we women think, oh, that's, must be how it's done. And we don't have, we're not empowered. We don't know because we're just not, not exploring that area. We're not piping up or this whole thing. So I think we need to, we have to explore. We have to sit with ourselves. We have to touch ourselves and know what we want. And I loved in your, in your um, uh, talk at the biohacker summit, and it always resonates with me. And I always share this too, is that you talked about when you're with a partner, you need to tell him or her what you want. And, and that's how, cause they're not, they can't guess. Yeah. You know, they don't can't get in your mind and we think that they should be guessing, but if they can't, but then you said, but you have to know what you want too, before you tell him or her. And that's very, very important. And I think self-pleasure is part of that journey uh, to do, do that. You can explore with your partner as well, but you can do all of this stuff by yourself. And, uh, and, and I think it's almost a safer space by doing it yourself. Cause you're like, oh, okay, I like this. And there's just other things that your partner can do. And I think all the little, little, um, uh, toys and things like that with so much that we can do. And I love getting sex experts on here now because there's so much to learn. I didn't even know. And I think this is the, you mentioned orgasms. <laughs> So it's and sexologists and experts always talk about the different types of orgasms. And I've been married for 
30 years now, and no one sent me the memo on all the different types of orgasms (laughs) humans can have. So I have a lot of catching up to do. So Mm -hmm. tell us what are these different types and how can a woman going through menopause expand her sexual repertoire when it comes to orgasms? Mm. Well, see, this challenge is now your opportunity to expand Mm. sex. And briefly, before I go to orgasm, I just want to tap into what you said about the performance-centric and penetration-centric um, culture around sex. It leads to massive pressure on both men and women, um, and just and then nobody's enjoying sex, and people are faking it, and it, it's I don't want to say it's horrible, but it it could be so much more. Yeah. Mm, but then, because we feel broken, because okay, I because I do not orgasm for this type of sex, I must be broken. So then you're you're too afraid to ask for what you want. And that's what we're changing by changing our culture around sex and expanding sex into different types of orgasms. So for example, in addition to the vaginal orgasm that's typically um, that ha- occurs during penetration, you can have a blended orgasm. So when you, when you add clitoral stimulation during penetration, that can, that can result in this like juicy, just orgasmic experience, um, expanding from your pelvic, but then also just clitoral orgasm um, that you can achieve by yourself by just tapping and touching in different types of touch um, on your clitoris. You can do this with your partner or doing oral sex. Um, There's so many ways. And, and clitoral orgasms feel, they're a bit more surface level. So they feel this kind of electric pulses that then spread through your body. Um, but then you can expand from that into nipple gasms um, what's that you know, like how how do you <laughs> tell me about the nipple orgasm or nipple gasm what's that all about nipple gas which is basically like orgasm in your nipple that just expands um, from your breast into your body and it comes from from stimulating your nipple through touch or licking or kissing or uh, whatever it is but just that's what i mean expanding sex into a full body experience so it's just a feeling that you're feeling, and you're not actually squirting anything out. There's not like you're suddenly you're breastfeeding again, or maybe it is. No. I don't know. <laughs> could be, could be. You don't, you you never know. But no, it's more. It's similar to clitoral orgasm. So it's like this kind of electric feeling that you get um, in response to that stimulation. Um, then you can get a core orgasm, which is often this you know euphoric feeling um, during exercise. We men get, especially when you engage your core, and then and that could actually be shocking. You know, you're running or you're doing abs, and it's like, whoa, <laughs> what just happened in my body? Um, but and how do you my, do that? You 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 tighten the core through yeah, the you could tighten the core or does it matter? Or without the penetration, or just <laughs> I'm sorry, I need to get really specific. Like, how do you do that? No, no I'm I'm glad that you're asking these questions because to me, it's like it. It might be difficult to explain. <laughs> it's like, oh, you know already. You know, no, but, but corgasm happens when you engage your core. So you, you engage your abs, you engage your pelvic floor muscles. So um, you don't need penetration for that. You can you can literally experience that when you're walking outside or oh. or you're lying in like laying on the bed and just engaging your core. And oh. often corgasms happen by an accident, and then women are surprised um, about the experience. Mm-hmm. So, but, but my I, point, yeah, okay. Well, I'm going to just take a course with you because, <laughs> like, I, I have too many questions. No, like, okay, very <laughs> curious now. Um, okay, sorry, keep going. And I guess my my point um, with first 
kind of expanding the idea of sex into different types of orgasms. But ultimately, the goal, the goal is to expand sex into a full body experience. So then you can have full body orgasmic experiences. And that's very healing. Um, yeah, and I'm in, a, I'm in a project where we're, I can't say too much about, but we're just, we're um, reinventing women's pleasure in a way that it, it becomes this full body orgasmic experience. And it, it's beautiful. It's really, it's just, it's just beautiful what, what you can do, um, and what women can achieve in such simple ways, just full body orgasmic experience. And then you cry afterwards. And that's very healing. Um, you, you know, that's tapping into that unmet, those unmet needs of yourself that you're finally, you're finally meeting. And, um, uh, it's, yeah, it's, it's incredible. There's, it's... there's a lot to do with sexual healing that we all need as a society and as individuals but when we start doing the work it's it's incredibly beautiful and it's, it's so transformative because it's such a core aspect of, of who we are sexual healing yeah definitely it it, it makes perfect it just it sounds now i get it now that you say it it is something i think no matter where you are in your life if you feel like you're perfect um i think there's always something we can explore in in that area and how how would you say both a woman who is single and a woman who is has been married for a long time build healthy intimate relationships and are there any differences between these two at the core everything starts with your relationship with yourself so all the all the things that we talked about before tuning into your body connecting with yourself processing trauma looking into your desires exploring with sex expanding sex all that's related to you and how you relate to yourself. But then when you're in a relationship with a long-term partner, there is this level of safety and security that allows you to explore with each other in, in different ways that can also pose a challenge if you're not nurturing that connection. Um, and that often happens in long-term relationships because other priorities take over and there can be hormonal imbalances. So then libido is not as it's not as high so i would say in a long-term partnership make sex a priority and not just sex but intimacy connection touching each other complimenting each other making each other feel amazing as they are as individuals um discussing through challenges and um this is probably people's least favorite but it's actually the the number one factor contributing to your sex life and your happiness in a relationship and that's how you navigate through conflict so learn about each other learn about yourselves learn about your attachment styles and how that impacts in you creating safety and feeling safety and find a way for you two to work together in those conflicts because then that that um, results in in a happier relationship in a, in a healthier individuals and when you have that course you want to have sex of course you want to connect with each other um and and um i what what i see is actually often um around the age of menopause these long-term partners rediscover each other and they become like teenagers again and you're exploring and you're having fun and you have all the you have the time and the resources to do that um and then when it comes to dating you're looking at it from a perspective of increased self-awareness increased self-knowledge i know who i am 
I know what I deserve. I know what I bring to the table as a partner. I know how I want to be treated and how I want to treat others. But then you're more conscious in terms of selecting partners to go on a date with. And you recognize who is good for you. Do I feel connected with this person? Do I feel safe with this person? And when you do, sexual connection is an amazing way to elevate that. Explore, enjoy the excitement of meeting a new person who gives you those butterflies, who makes you feel excited, who makes you feel sexy and, and shares that connection. But in all scenarios, it starts with your relationship with yourself. Well said. I In the menopause reboot program, we had a sex expert come on and we talked about sex and sexual health, sexual well-being. Um, and I think it's so fundamental to your menopause journey. And that's why I talked about it as a biohack. Right? This is part of the foundation. And I completely agree with you. It does start with yourself because how can you look outwards when you don't even know what's happening inwards? And it's hard. It's not easy. That's why nobody does it, but it's the one exactly. <laughs> that makes, yeah, that makes most effective. And what you said about couples and conflict, absolutely. I, I, I think this is really, really key for long-term relationships. How do you resolve a conflict? I never thought about it, but it is empowering and you do feel amazing when you do this. And I think as women too, uh, not all women, but some women, especially if you're like a people pleaser, you avoid conflict and you don't want to have that conversation. But the conversations that are the hardest are sometimes the ones that need to be had the most. It's not easy. but take that step, be courageous. You'll be happy that you did in the end. And um, I think it makes life so much more enjoyable and worth living. Now we're going to have to, I think gonna have to leave the, the mic open for everybody um, who have questions or have comments or here. Um, but before we do, I would like to know if you, you have this thing called the heal method. And I'm wondering if you have any programs that are out or coming out that, that we could join if you want to learn more. So I created the HEAL method as part of my postgrad specialization. And it really came from just realizing that traditional therapy was not enough. It was not effective enough in, in healing sexual trauma or in creating sexual healing. So what I did is I integrated biohacking methods like breathwork, meditation, grounding, looking at lifestyle factors and somatic exercises like connecting with your body with integrative therapy methods. And that made a massive difference. You know, my clients made significant transformations in, in three to six months instead of spending years on psychotherapy. I just want to highlight that I'm not necessarily comparing psychotherapy with this method, but just, just to give you that example that my clients who've gone through the years of therapy with very little benefit uh, went through this program. And, um, and for example, I could just share this anonymously with, with my client's permission, but one client of mine came to me. Um, she had sexual trauma. She was at the point where she couldn't sleep at night because she had such bad nightmares, daily panic attacks. You know, nervous system was on, on, on fight, fight and flight mode all the time, just surviving. And in six months through this program, through this process, she, ah, I'm almost getting emotional because she transformed her life so completely they reflected on her relationships and let go of some toxic ones 
um, learn about her attachment style and, and love language and, and what she deserves and what kind of relationship she wants. And then um, she started a healthy relationship with this incredible man and with whom they were able to explore and expand sex. And so within six months, she went from not being able to have sex into full body orgasmic experiences um, and living her best life, changing her job. You know, it's, we don't realize the impact of our sexuality when we're not connected to it. And then when we do, it transforms everything. It, it elevates everything. Um, and that's, that's why I love what I do. It's the moment when you see the sparkle returning to people's eyes. Wait, this is who I am. This is what I deserve. This is who I can be. Um, and, and I, I just love it. Um, so for those of you who want to learn more about this method or who want to work with me, um, you can join on the waiting list or you can ask me more info on the, on Instagram because, um, right now I'm fully booked, but I open, I open new slots in July and August this year. 2023. <laughs> yeah. 2023. Oh, yeah. Sorry. These people um, are listening to this a year later. <laughs> a year later. Who knows? <laughs> Maybe then too. Um, but um, it's good to have a little preparation period before because it, it is a pretty intense journey. Are, are, are a lot of these people who are seeing you getting help when you say sexual trauma? Is these people who've had um, sexual abuse as a child or something else? It varies very much. I mean, if you look at the statistics, one in three women globally experience sexual violence. Um, and then it's not just the sexual violence that meets the criteria for crime, but broken boundaries. Or, for example, women having sex even though it's painful to please their partner, and then that leads to a trauma. Or attachment style trauma or challenges from childhood, it, it really varies a lot. Um, some people come to me, I have some male clients as well, and they, you know, there's often sexual dysfunction that we are reflecting on. And then you, you look at the physiological side of things, or if you have difficulty orgasming, um, it's, it's not often about just hormonal imbalance or pain during sex or different factors. It's a combination of, of everything. And that's why I always look at things holistically. Mm. Okay. So, okay, then we can go to your website or Instagram and, and find out more how to, how to work with you. Does anybody here have any questions or comments? Um, feel free to unmute if you want, or you can type in the chat. Hi, Karin. Hi, Anna. Uh, first of all, I need to do, I'd like to make this comment. You look, uh, you're young. Uh, you have incredible amount of uh, experience and wisdom, I would say. You look even like an angel. And I've been listening <laughs> to you and I'm thinking, this girl, she has uh, a lot, <laughs> a lot to share and a lot of, uh, an, an incredible amount of experience. Uh, so I have to thank you. I really enjoyed um, your hour with you. And uh, watch even the, the grace and the way you talk, the feminine is very inspiring, I have to say, for me. A lot has been covered. I mean, we, you entered, I was about thinking, asking if you do retreat, but you have this no retreat that you do. You have this course, right? Um, you said it's going to be open again 
weekend because you have so so much uh, amount of people. It's going to be open in July and August. Yes, a lot has been covered. I, I have to process process <laughs> it all because it's a massive amount of uh, uh, information. Of course, I'm way way older than you are, but I'm, I'm in the process. I mean, I will be of learning and better myself, and especially through menopause, thrive through it. So I'm always hungry to listen and to know more. And I thank you because you have given a lot. Thank you for this generosity. Thank you, Anna. And thank you, Zora, for having Anna. Thank you so much for, for this feedback. Um, it's, it's actually getting me a bit emotional because I, I feel the pain that we all women go through in life, no matter what, what age we are. But at the same time, there's so much beauty in being a woman and embracing who we are. And instead of seeing womanhood as a problem or something we need to fix, we, we start to understand its power. And going through these different transitions, it's always an opportunity to tap into that power. And like we discussed earlier, it's not easy to pause and reflect on these questions or issues or pause to, to do sexual healing because it can be so triggering. But life is not supposed to be easy. Life is supposed to be lived. Life is supposed to be rich, full of experiences. And, um, and then when we, when we broaden that scale, we can understand that we can have these immense loads, like we all do. We, have, we go through such difficult things in life, um, no matter who you are, no matter where you're from, no matter how much money you have or how healthy you are, we all go through these things. But then, then there's on the other side, it's, it's the connection, it's the pleasure, and it, it's just living this beautiful life of learning about ourselves and the different persons that we're becoming and then connecting with others um, according, according to that. So inspiring. So thank you. <laughs> so inspiring. Love it. Oh, thank you. This is, this is wonderful. I feel the female energy here and, uh, it's just uplifting and empowering. And thank you, Corinne, for such a really being very authentic and and true. And I, I always love your words and your feedback. And it is so motivating as well and inspiring. So I appreciate you doing that. Thank you so much for this. I really enjoyed to listen to you, beautiful women. And it was a lot of familiar things for me that that I, I I've been work with with myself and with my pleasure and and a lot of uh, familiar things that that I work with uh, uh, women because I'm a sexologist also and a psychiatric nurse so so yes yes a lot of same things but it's it's so wonderful to to listen to colleagues because I always, always, of course, learn more things and and the new things, and it's really, really enjoyable. Thank you, Anna. Thank you so much for being here and all the work that you do, because I, I really, I love what you're doing. And um, just uh, uh, to let you guys know that uh, Emma, she's um, she's creating these beautiful pleasure ones from Finnish um, stone. Um, they're incre- they are incredibly grounding. Um, I've used them in my sexual healing. I've been testing them, and it's uh, maybe it's being from Finland, but even even having one here with me, it's uh, 
it it takes it takes me back home like it makes me feel like home and it's um yeah so like Emma is doing incredible work in empowering women through that kind of pathway mm. we'll have to get a link to the pleasure wands <laughs> that sounds really cool so I'll try to get if you send me a link then then uh, we can put that in the show notes thank you Emma thank you so much and anyone else so this is why we love to have people come and join us in our recordings and if you're listening now our this is free you can join anytime you always just have to look out for the 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 uh, announcements of who's coming on when and it's actually in my newsletter so go and check that out but I have um I really want to thank uh um Anna for coming on and for sharing and being so authentic and intimate and I, I really appreciate that and you empowering all of us and making us think. And before I let you go, do you have any last words for a woman going through menopause? I would say it might sound like a cliche, but embrace the flow um, and learn about yourself, learn about the person that you're becoming and start making yourself a priority. Whenever we experience symptoms in our body, it might be, you know, the purpose of them is to create discomfort. The purpose of them is to we pay attention. So when we experience symptoms from menopause, they're a sign from our body. Hey, hey, we're here. Look, look inside, look inside, you know, let's let's work together. And and by doing that, by by pausing and and starting to appreciate the transition, you can make an incredible difference to it. And then you add the hormones and the lifestyle factors and you work with the practitioner. And there's so much help available. So don't be alone. Reach out to the community. You know, Zora, you're doing such an incredible job just educating women about these issues and bringing it to the awareness of everyone. So listen to her podcast, reach out to the community, connect with women who are going through the same transition and tap into the flow. Tap into the flow and simplicity of, of being a woman and celebrate together. Love it. Thank you so much. If anyone wants to reach out to you, they can find you on your website, annalindfors.com. And I'll have that in the show notes. And on your Instagram, Heal with Anna. That's a double N. So easy to find her. I'll have a, her LinkedIn and her email as well. And thank you, Anna. Have a wonderful time and the rest of your journey in the US. I think you're there now, right? Mm -hmm. Yes, I'm here. I'm in San Francisco for three months for a project, but Right now, I'm actually doing this podcast from Tahoe. So um, <laughs> that's that's why the background and all of these factors. But it's um, it's nice to be in nature. I love to combine having the city life and then nature getaways and, and tuning into this feminine energy. Part of the healing. Well, enjoy. And we hopefully will have a part two because there's still so much we need to cover. So thank you so much and have a wonderful day. Thank Take you. care. Thank you so much. Bye. Hey, did you enjoy the podcast? Don't forget to subscribe to be notified of all the new episodes and leave a review to help build the tribe. It's a small act of kindness that brings me big benefits and helps others find this amazing content. The best thing you can do is share. Sharing is caring. 
statements made on this podcast have not been evaluated by the U.S. Food and Drug Administration. Anything we say or products we mention are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Information provided by this podcast is not a substitute for personal medical advice and not intended to replace a one-on-one relationship with a qualified healthcare professional. It is intended as a sharing of knowledge and information from the personal research and experience of me and my guests.